This is Vic from your friendly neighborhood show. Chew on this, a Nerd United podcast. If you like what you've been hearing, please follow us and like us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. On Facebook, it's at Chew on this podcast. And on Twitter and Instagram, it's at Chew on this pod. We're active on all three social media sites. And it's not just podcast episode announcements, but it's also memes, nerd news, and any special events the show might be at. Now light some candles, pour a glass of wine, sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Welcome to episode 284 of Chew On This, a Nerd United podcast. I'm BJ. Vic. Well, this is, uh, this is weird. This is We've awkward. Never, yeah, this is really <laughs> awkward. So... So we had this whole thing planned where we were trying to pad our episodes to get the 300th on our, what, six-year anniversary or five? Fifth. Fifth. Fifth-year anniversary, right? You're a terrible husband. <laughs> <laughs> Just as long as you know you're the wife. Um, so, um, Touche. So we, <laughs> we had a special guest on for 300, and we just recorded it. And we set this all up for this past weekend. And it went smoothly, but something happened before we were going to record. Yeah, they record the interview, and we found out that our special 300th guest uh, is actually in episode two or chapter 10 of The Mandalorian, uh, which (laughs) is like, we can't wait two months for this. So the interview (laughs) was, yeah, the interview was fantastic. Um, There were so many fucking good stories. And the whole time I'm thinking, I don't think, I actually said on the show too, I don't yeah. think I can wait to release this for another month and a half because the stuff, the stories that he tells about getting the phone calls, like I won't spoil it, but you know, getting yeah. the call, how this all came about. If you go back and listen to our initial interview with Paul, um, you will, you will hear that he, um, visited the set, visited the set because he knew Deborah Chow before she was hired, uh, for Star Wars, for, for Obi-Wan Kenobi, uh, and for also for, for, for the Mando. So, um, he tells that story. Go back and listen to that episode. I don't have the episode number off the top of my head, but long story short is we decided not to do 300 for this episode and to drop it here today right after you listen to the review but we have to record this intro because we also (laughs) we also did a live well not a live stream but a recorded face-to-face you know like a a, not a zoom meeting but like a stream yard uh interview so we have to do this intro because on the show itself we constantly reference 300 so don't get confused uh it was all intents and purposes supposed to be 300 but because of the secret that paul kept really well um we decided <laughs> not to wait a month and a half and Son i gotta tell bitch. you a little back uh, backgrounds we, we talk about it a little bit in the in, in the show but a little background is so since paul came on the show what like two months ago three months ago yeah i you know even in that interview if you go back and, and listen to the interview i kind of bug him a little bit about a nag him a little bit or a rib him a little bit that he's going to be in Star Wars or the Mandalorian. Yeah, eventually, yeah. But so, you know, it's it's just a big joke. It, it was an ongoing joke. For me, it was an ongoing joke. But apparently for Paul, it actually came to fruition and he couldn't say anything. <laughs> so for the past <laughs> for the past two and a half months I've been messing with him 
and saying like, hey, you know, oh, that's great. You're done filming Kim's Convenience. When's your call sheet for, you know, for the Mandalorian? <laughs> for, for Star Wars. And yeah, he's just something. laughing it off. He's laughing it off like he's liking my comments because we're, we're talking through each other through uh, private messages uh, on Instagram. And, and you know, he's just – and I mean I do it like at least five times since we interviewed him. And <laughs> – and I even did it as much as last week, like literally He's last sweating. week, last week on chapter nine, I, I literally say it and to set up this interview, actually to set up this interview. And I'm like, oh, cool. You're, you're done filming Kim's. When are you going to he, L.A.? He knew. He knew he, knew, he, knew. he set it up for Saturday. He knew that we were going to watch that episode. And yeah. there he was. He could have uh, done it all genius. this past week, but he waited till Saturday. So. Yeah. Um, so that that was basically the whole story in a nutshell. Why, even though we will intro, you will hear after the music and, and all that stuff, you will hear that uh, that the episode is inter- introduced as three hundred. Yeah, but, but it's, it's not. not. It's, it's not. It's now two eighty four. It's now two eighty four. And the episode that uh, Vic's referring to is episode two sixty one, which was recorded uh, about three months ago, around June twenty ninth or somewhere around there. Uh, when we were doing our uh, pandemic series, where coronavirus series or whatever, where we were just doing stream yards and talking to people every week. And that was such an awesome interview. But I got to tell you, man, I think this one tops it. And we couldn't wait to bring it to you two months from now, especially right after the episode he's in of The Mandalorian. So this is a treat. Um, I think that's probably I, I'm not I, I don't know. I think this might be the first podcast interview since uh he he's on i, I don't want to say that but i think i think it's true um, it might be it might be i mean he, i, I, I mean, kinda... he's been talking to journalists already because there's articles and stuff already but i think this is the first like you know actual podcast and he's so. he's talked about some of the stories but not as in depth and no. and and we've we've been if you've listened to the show enough we talk about fast food but fast food comes into play in a huge way for Paul. <laughs> it's the best. Yeah, it's, it's a great fucking. There's a story. lot of call. There's a lot of great callbacks in this in this episode. You got it. You check it out. You'll love it. But hopefully, you just got back from episode uh, or uh, chapter ten or episode two of season two of The Mandalorian before you uh, listen to this. But also go back and listen to episode two sixty one because if you put it back to back, it works brilliantly because it it all kind of comes together it's a great yeah, somehow like a, <laughs> we have a two-parter somehow yeah. we made a two-parter without it's, actually making a two-parter <laughs> exactly exactly so anyway everyone just uh kick back enjoy uh enjoy paul he's such a great person to talk to as as much as our jeffrey henderson episode was like the most emotional like i, I when i told him i cried oh yeah or was tearing up on that on that show like i actually did um, luckily yeah. we didn't, we didn't do a, a stream yard for that one, but, uh, <laughs> but this What's one, wrong I, with your eyes. <laughs> I mean, we've had some really good interviews, but this might be the funniest one Yeah, because, yeah. uh, I mean, I, I can't ruin it, but just listen to it and, and you'll understand why we were laughing our asses off the whole time because the shit that happened to him is just. It would literally happen it's, to us. It would happen to yeah, us. It's, it's so fantastic, but so uh, I hope you guys right, enjoy everyone. it. Yeah. Take care. Enjoy.
Welcome to episode 300 of Chew on This, a Nerds United podcast. I'm BJ. Sick. Oh, man. Um, 100, baby. Five-year anniversary. 300 episodes. We padded the shit out of our episode <laughs> in the end of the year. <laughs> 300 on our anniversary. Otherwise, our anniversary, our 300th episode would have been in like February or March. March, March or April. Yeah. yeah. So we're recording this really early. So some of this might be outdated, but I don't give a crap because... <laughs> <laughs> because hopefully by the time this airs, um, season five of uh, of Kim's Convenience will have aired uh, at the, at CBC. So hopefully we were talking offline that that, that you're shooting for January 2021. Yeah. Uh, right. So hopefully when this 300th drops, uh, episode one might have uh, already dropped uh, uh, over there in Canada. <clears throat> and um, but the big news when we're recording this is I've been messing with you for like six months or like five months that ever since we heard your story about visiting the set of the Mandalorian. Yeah. <laughs> we, have, we have a big bone to pick with you. <laughs> oh, actually, <laughs> oh, actually, you know, Paul, Lee, welcome back to the show. I forgot to introduce you. Thank you. <laughs> I just want to Paul did the ultimate sneak attack. <laughs> it was. It was. It was. Yeah, I was not, I could say nothing. I know. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah, we realize that. Yeah, because <laughs> I can't see your face through Messenger on 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 Instagram. Every time I said it, you were probably smirking like he has no clue. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, were, you were pretty hardcore near the end. You're like just going and going and going, and like you you wouldn't let it alone. And I was like, I I can't I can't even say don't say anything because yeah. and then it's it's like the gig is up. So I was just <laughs> I was honestly just messing with you, but I did have a deep down feeling because you knew Deborah and because. Yeah. And because they were fans of Kim's Convenience and you had already and visited the cosplay. That, yeah, was, the cosplay. That somehow, I just thought you would have been like an alien with like a, a headdress on. I had yeah. no idea that you were going to have such a pivotal role in in an episode. That was huge. That was so cool. Thank you. Thanks. Yeah. And, and it's so funny, too, because a lot of people now that it's out, thank God I can talk about it. Um, <laughs> People are saying, oh, well, you, you talked about the set visit so much. And it was like you were there really to audition for the role. And and I said, well, no, that was actually that was really that's what started it. It was just the the whole it was a, a friend visiting a friend because the friend knew that I was a geek and would love it. Um, and it was as well to meet Dave Filoni because he, he kind of he want he was a fan of the show. That's and, so cool. Uh, yeah, and we just wanted, and and the story is true. I mean, Deborah told me she said, "Look, Dave's a fan of the show, and he wants to write something for you. He wants to write you in somehow." And I'm like, "Oh my god, you're killing, really?" <laughs> um, but I'm not. I mean, <laughs> as awesome as that is, I get it. Like we're in this industry where best of intentions and stuff doesn't work out sometimes. Right? People just, say things, and you're yeah, like, they, "Oh, okay, hey, okay." Yeah, I got the feature <laughs> film that I'm working on, and you guys are going to be the stars. It's about a couple of guys who start a podcast you know and you kind of go that <laughs> i mean you're excited but then you realize sometimes a lot of times things don't work out right, and so right. i was just so happy like hearing that was just amazing but i i i was like that's that's awesome it's it's not gonna happen but thank you so much and you know it, it just months went by months went by and and that's cool and uh deb she was saying, you know, she kept saying, you know, he's, he's, he's writing something. And when Dave said he's going to write something, he'll write something for you. And I keep bugging him saying, no, that's too small. Oh, something bigger. Um, and then, yeah, months later, out of the blue, 
I get a call from my agent saying Lucasfilm asked for your availability. And I'm like, Oh, you're fucking kidding me. Right? Like that's really. So uh, that's, that's like, and I remember too, cause that was a day we had this big climate strike around the world and we were marching and we were, you know, Toronto, everybody in the world, like there are hundreds of thousands of people marching. <clears throat> and I get the surreal phone call in the surrealist of circumstances. Um, about them wanting to be me to be on the show. Uh, and, uh, it was cool too, because, you know, I didn't have to audition, which thank God, because I think I would have been so nervous, uh, doing that. It's like, don't screw it up. Don't screw it up. Don't screw it up. Um, and, uh, just, it was like, I had no idea what the part was going to be either. They just said, are you available for these dates? And they want you to play this part, but the part had a code name because they have code names for everything, right? They don't even call the Mandalorian the Mandalorian when they're filming it, right? They, it's under a, like a Star Wars is Blue Harvest. Right. Yeah. Star Trek yeah. here is like Green Harvest <clears throat> or something like that. So they all have these fancy code names. So I had no information. I just knew, yes, I would do it. Um, <laughs> You're like, I don't care what it is. Alien. Yeah, Voice acting, I don't care. <laughs> are you? And it's like this whole like, well, are you available? It's like I will burn down buildings. I will, you know, I will kidnap people's pets. I will do anything to make myself available for these awesome. dates. Thing, right? So that's uh, why. That's why we have to wait till January 2021 for season five, right? Of, yeah. of <laughs> <laughs> you get the whole thing on hold. <laughs> I engineered the pandemic. <laughs> I engineered the pandemic just to buy me enough time. You're out there just not wearing masks. Yeah. I'm like, I'm not wearing masks on purpose because I need to film the Mandalorian. <laughs> I, luckily, and you know, knock on wood too, like the timing was perfect as well because we finished Kim's uh, in the summertime. So by end of summer. And so this, the call came around September to, uh, to ask for my mm. availability. So it's like, Oh, thank God I'm not working. Um, and yeah, so that, that, that was all perfect. That's just that's in, that's insane. I yeah, mean, you're uh, you're you didn't even now. get a script though, right? Like you didn't get a script till you were oh, there. Yeah, I no script. Uh, and again, the when I did get a script, it wasn't like they only send you your bit, the the scene that you're in, uh, or scenes <clears throat> in this case, and uh, the protection that they have. I think nuclear launch codes would be easier to crack. Yeah. And we had like this triple <laughs> verified this thing where they can actually track to see when you're accessing the lines. You can't wow. print them out. Um, in it, and they, they know exactly when you log on and how long you log on for. Um, and there's like all these authentications. And I, I was confused. I didn't know how to, I, I thought I was doing it wrong at first because I couldn't figure out how to log on and stuff. But when I finally did, it was, it was, that was interesting because I'd never been involved with anything with that level of, of security and secrecy before. Maybe you didn't insert your biochip well enough. Yeah, or something. It's like uh it's like Kent in uh Real Genius. They put something in your in your in your in my tooth. Yeah. <laughs> right. <clears throat> it's genius while you're sleeping. So when you were reading the lines, did you realize how like, oh my god, this is this is a really big speaking role? Yeah, it was and it is it's a fun role too because um I remember beforehand, I didn't know what it was. And I was kind of, you know, asking my agent to ask, I said, can you, can you, can you dig around and find out what it is? Because uh, I'm just curious. I'd, I'd love to know. And uh, it got back to her that, oh, well, actually John and Dave, they like to tell the actors personally what the role is about. And I thought, oh, nice. That's super classy. That's super even cooler. Cool. Yeah. And so I thought, okay, that's, that's really neat. Um, 
And, uh, but they didn't tell me that he was going to call. Uh, and so I missed Favreau's first call because <laughs> I was eating KFC. <laughs> <laughs> and my phone, my phone is on silent. My hands are greasy. Now, it's not, a, it's not like I was sitting there naked rubbing it over my body or anything. He <laughs> had just ordered it and I was doling it out to the fat. Like, you know, it's, you take it out of the bucket and you put it on the plates. Oh, right? yeah. There's a bit of class involved. But the, I, I just sort of glanced at my phone. And I thought, missed call. I went, missed call. What is that? And it was just like, oh shit, it's from Los Angeles. Oh shit. So I listened to it and it's John Favreau on my voicemail. It's like, yeah, I guess we missed you somehow. Uh, want to talk to you? You know, we're excited to talk to you about your role. I'm like, fuck. And I turned to my wife and said, I missed John Favreau's call because we're eating chicken. <laughs> <laughs> so she said, call him back, you idiot. That's that would happen. Yeah. yeah, I called back and it was like, uh, yeah, so that's when they just, they described, uh, the Captain Carson Teva, uh, or Teva. And I was like, yeah, okay, that's cool. I'm all in. That's really, really cool. Um, and, uh, yeah, that, that was, like a tremendously, I mean, when John Favreau calls you, that's a cool story. But when you miss you his call because you're eating fried chicken, <laughs> that just puts it up there to legendary status, right? Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, it's KFC too, which is even funnier because I don't really eat KFC, but like I'll I'll eat like Popeyes, and yeah. around where I live in Sacramento, um, we have a lot of like uh, good. Uh, multicultural foods yeah so like there's like korean fried chicken here yeah yeah yeah. oh my god korean fried chicken so good but the fact that you're korean and you're eating kfc <laughs> and not korean fried chicken <laughs> that's exotic for us, that's exotic for, us. <laughs> but for me kfc is uh it's horrible i know but it's one of my it's a, my guilty pleasure yeah really, yeah you know it's terrible but there's something about that greasiness that just is, you know, you once in a while. <laughs> it tastes uh, good. It yeah. tastes so good when it touches your lips. <laughs> <laughs> you're, like, you're crying while you're eating it because you know you're killing yourself. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's one. That's awesome. Do you guys have White Castle in Canada? No, no, oh, okay. No White Castle, no In and Out Burger, no Shake Shack. Oh, it's you need In and Out. Yeah, In and Out's good. Uh, In and out, I, I, oh man, uh, Andrew Fung, who plays Kimchi on the show, we have this huge debate because I'm a Shake Shack guy and he loves In and Out. And In and Out's big in the West Coast. I mm-hmm. remember when I first went to uh, Los Angeles, everybody's In and Out, In and Out, we got to try In and Out. And there's a huge lineup. And I thought, this is going to be amazing. <laughs> I, I have to say, <laughs> I was a little bit underwhelmed. I guess it was. Yeah. yeah. And it's different from In and Out. In and Out's a smash burger. Right, fried in its own fat. I mean, I like KFC, so that tells you what my palate is like. And, you know, uh, In and Out's like classy McDonald's, like a really, really high end. And yeah. so, I love all about In and Out. I was like, man. And we have these, we we have these great sort of conversations where I look at him and go, really, you really think that's good, huh? Like he loves the Whopper. He loves. Oh, I love the Whopper too. Yeah, and, and then he will. He craves it, and he'll go. And for me, the Whoppers, it's good, but it's not like I don't get cravings for it. Like I don't go crazy. Yeah, anymore. yeah. Because everybody's like Burger King, really? You want to go there? And it's that it's that really interesting because we're such close friends. But it really it kind of feels like East Coast West Coast things. Right? <laughs> I love East Coast. <laughs> like, the Crips of the blood. <laughs> yeah, well, that's what it feels like, right? So 
<laughs> it's fun that way. It's really fun. But in and out, and I remember when I went to when I was out again to shoot Mando, um, I was on Eastern time and I was starving, and I had to mm. get uh, a social uh, a social secure social insurance social security number because working in the states and they got me my paperwork, but I needed to get a social security number, and I, I went out to this place and I, I got, you know, put in the application and stuff and I was starving and I hadn't had anything to eat because where I was staying, there weren't, there wasn't anything around and there was an in and out burger place that was supposed to open at 11. It was 1030. I thought, oh, I gotta, I gotta wait, but they opened early. So I thought, okay, I'm going to do it. I'm going to go for it. Fresh in and out. Yeah. Fresh. No one, they were open early. No one is in line. First one to ever order. You know it's going to be right off the grill, fresh. And so I ordered extra because I thought, okay, I'm going to give it a good good go. And I posted it on Instagram, and it went nuts. People lost their minds because, A, it was an In-N-Out burger that was empty. (laughs) (laughs) And, B, they go, where are you? That's my neighborhood. And people started to freak out and stuff. And I immediately regretted posting it because then I thought, oh, shit. People are going to ask me why I'm here, and I yeah. can't talk about that. And so a little bit of panic sort of set in there uh, about that. And that's, you know, that you don't want to screw up the yeah. one. Yeah. I'm the guy that got fired <laughs> Mandalorian because I couldn't keep my mouth shut eating at an in and out Could you imagine if you got fired? No. That, that's <laughs> You would have been the first person ever fired off Star Wars for yeah. eating at fast food. <laughs> I got the gig eating KFC. I lost the gig eating in and out. Yeah, that would have been amazing. Yeah. That would have been an amazing story too. Dude, you gotta uh, stop. You gotta stop going to fast food places. These places are ruining your career. You gotta, I know. You gotta, <laughs> First spot, bro. <laughs> For Answer your damn. I know. Steven Spielberg's gonna call you. You're gonna be too busy eating White Castle. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I had a spider in my hands. I couldn't grab the. <laughs> you're gonna be an ET too. <laughs> and then you missed out because you're eating onion rings from Burger King. Oh man, <laughs> done, done. Oh my god, that's so great! So I, I, Andrew actually spoiled the episode for me. With, oh, you did? Yeah, yeah. With that did. I hadn't seen it yet, and because you know my my kids are uh, um, they're homeschooling right now, or not homeschooling, they're distance learning. Right. Um. So you know, in the mornings, I really can't do it because I got the youngest one behind me, and she's got the teacher going, so I can't really put up the Mandalorian on the big screen because she'll actually watch the Mandalorian and then I'll get in trouble. For <laughs> so I had, to, I had to get, I had to run some errands. And then like, as I'm waiting in line uh, to pick up some, I think medication at that point at CBS, I'm on my phone and I'm like, Oh, let me just browse through Instagram because usually there's no spoilers on Instagram. Right. So I'm just like, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm flowing through it. I'm scrolling through it. And because I follow Andrew, right. I see your picture. And I'm like, God, First, I was excited. Then right. I was mad because not mad, but I was like, "That son of a bitch! He snuck attack me." <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and so that's when I sent it to you. That's yeah. why I wrote, "You son of a bitch." When I saw, when I saw that, <laughs> so yeah, but you should have sent that to Kimchi. You should have, or uh, and you should have sent to him and like, 
why did you post this? <laughs> yeah, I know. So when I, when I, so that, that was, I mean, I was still happy. I was still so, I was so happy because like anytime I know somebody that's in Star Wars or in your case, the first time that's ever where we were kind of joking about it and then you actually get to be in Star Wars, it's kind of like you're a nerd. So like we were nerding out through you. Like I was yeah. like, oh shit, one of us got into Star Wars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? So, <laughs> but I, I was happy about that. Um, but I was like, I was like a little, I was a little peeved that I didn't get the experience that BJ got right. because he saw it at midnight over here and I yeah. did it. So he got it without being spoiled. I was, uh, I was like Will Ferrell and Elf. I was like, I know him. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's, it's Appa. I know him. <laughs> I was so. I jumped off my seat. I went to text Vic and I'm like, Oh, he might be asleep. I can't. So I had to hold my tongue for like a, a whole day. But then he texted me and said, Hey, Paul's in the Mandalorian. I'm like, Oh, how'd you know that? Like, Oh, it got spoiled <clears throat> to me. And I was like, right. Oh, dude, I'm so sorry. That sucks. Yeah. <laughs> Cause it was awesome. So you can, let, let Andrew know that he spoiled it for us. For well, yeah, I, that's, that's the biggest <clears throat> thing for me that I feel the worst about because I think a lot of people, they had the same reaction as you, Vic. It got spoiled on, on, on social media. It just blew up. And yeah, right away. I, I felt really bad about that. My phone started going off at four o'clock in the morning, our time, because <laughs> 12 o'clock your time is three o'clock in the morning and it wasn't. Right. Done at one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so I woke up and my phone was like melting. <laughs> um, first, my takeaway was, okay, A, I know a lot of people who watch this thing right away. Uh, and then I started getting East Coast things and people were already posting pictures. <laughs> congratulations and stuff and it was like it, it just seemed at first i was just sort of liking it but the, and i wasn't trying to i wasn't responding in any other way and then i kind of thought well it's kind of rude now and it's kind of out there it's like you catch somebody pissing in the pool there's nothing it's in there you know you can't, there's nothing, you know, i'm not gonna get a strong to suck it all out so it's just like well i'm just gonna unzip and start peeing myself right so it's, <laughs> um and uh you're canon yeah now. you're canon you're yeah. canon now how fucking weird is that? That's awesome. So one of the questions that we we had was was that your outfit or was that was that your cosplay or was that theirs? No, that was theirs. It's funny because I joked with with uh, Favreau and Filoni. I, I was like, "Hey, you know, so should I bring my flight suit?" And uh, they laughed and they said, we, "We'll build one for you. We'll build one for you." And, <laughs> yeah, it, it was really cool. So they built it from scratch. Like that's a, that's a scratch build, and that was cool. Killer. Yeah, when you have a tailored flight suit versus the one that I have, and the one that I have is great, but it's it's like a uh, one size. It's a you know sizes. So I've I've got an XL size flight suit that's baggy in some places and a little bit long in other places. It's not tailored to me. But when you have something from Lucasfilm that is built specifically for you, that's next level awesomeness. Um, and did you, did you steal it? Oh no! I like I said, <laughs> I, would, I would like to be asked back. There's a reason why my X-Wing didn't explode on the side of the cavern or whatever. It's just like, I would like to be, uh, this, they, they left, left the door open, right? They leave the door open yeah. and it's like, yeah. you don't want to do anything to jeopardize a relationship like that. So it, as, 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 so no you know, I don't want to be the guy that got fired because he had like 25 different prop pieces stuffed in his pockets as or he sitting in, or <laughs> sitting in like the background. Of where you're sitting right now in your in your YouTube videos, <laughs> he's got the child behind him. <laughs> Seven million dollars. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It just fell in my pocket. I, I, 
falling in while I was changing. I don't yeah, know. I don't know what oh. happened. Um, so, but another cool story about that, though, about the, the wardrobe fitting was, you know, I'm there, I'm getting fit and I've got this, this costume, they're putting it on and, um, the wardrobe departments, they are fantastic. They are professionals, they're award winners and, um, there, but a lot of them are like, this is their gig. This is what they do. And not everybody who works on the Mandalorian is a gigantic Star Wars fan. That's life. You're going to get that. And yeah. you get, and they were like, we like Star Trek. Right. This is cool. We love this gig. I'm like, yeah, that's cool. So they're trying to fit this, the ejection harness on the, the gray straps that the, the X-wing pilots wear. And they're, they're trying to figure it out. And they're, they're, they're just having the worst time. And I'm kind of looking at them going, they don't know what they're doing with in terms of, and that's cool. And I'm trying to not step on their toes and whatnot. And they keep looking at this reference photo and the photo is actually taken from a book called uh, the costumes of star Wars. It's a big, thick, hard, Hardcover. Oh book. yeah, I've seen that. Yeah, and you've seen it. So it's like they've got the part, the picture of the X wing, but it's on a mannequin, a headless mannequin, and the uniform is just sort of hanging off of it. And I said, "Well," and I'm trying to guide them a little bit, and they said, "Well, we're going off of this picture." And I said, "No offense, guys, but that picture was not meant to be used as a reference photo for costumers." And I said, "If you don't mind, I actually have built this costume, and I have these meticulously sourced photos for my build." You guys can use that as reference if you want. And they're like, yes, we would love that. And so I sort of walked nice. them through in terms of how I did how the straps got together, where to attach them, how they get attached. And this is all information that I got through other cosplayers who had built the costume when I was doing my own research to build. Um, and with the leg flares, it kept drooping off the boot. I said, look, this is, this is what the cosplayers do. This is what we do. This is what I do for mine. You should have said, this is, uh, this is not Star Wars style. This yeah, I was a style. Walking is a much different from just looking, right? Um, so it was really cool, and they 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 were like, "Yeah, this is awesome." Uh, and so I felt really sort of validated too, because all that time I spent researching and learning and like standing on the shoulders of giants, because that's literally what it was. Somebody had gone through and figured out how to make this work. And how to make it workable. You know, it's, it's like one of these things where it's not only secure, but you can, you can work with it. It'll stay secure and it'll be comfortable and you won't be too stiff with it, which is awesome. And so to be able to use that and, and pass that along and help out these professionals who do it for a living, I thought was, was tremendous. Like I felt extremely like I wasn't um, wasting my time. Yeah. The last, the last time we talked to you, you were talking about something about the, Something was upside down or wasn't correct oh, on your right outfit. Yeah. Yeah. But I thought that was funny that Filoni said that to you, but then now your, your knowledge, you have knowledge too that you passed on to these other people. So that's kind of cool. It almost kind of came full circle there. You know, you're like, yeah. Oh, I got this. I got this knowledge I can pass on to these people. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's, so that's, that's kind of cool. Yeah. And you know, it's everybody's doing their best, uh, to, to, because it is such, Everybody, this is a this is a galaxy that is under a microscope. Mm. Everybody studies with screen caps. They they spot little rivets here or there. Like they they spot things that the costumers or the people who even made them might have completely forgotten about. Um, and so it's it's hard when you have that level of scrutiny. And I think they come very close to it, but it's hard to be a hundred percent all the time because there's a budget and there's time restraints and there's all these different factors that are pressing down on 
on these fantastic professionals as they as they're trying to do their job. So little things are going to happen. It's going to slip through, like yeah, the scout troopers with their knee pads upside down. Like we talked about that, I think the the last yeah. time. How so, they're yeah. all in uproar, and they said, "Well, why couldn't they get somebody to to sort of guide them on this and that?" And it's it's like, well, you know, they didn't do it to piss you off. It wasn't. <laughs> it wasn't hey, you know, hey, let's alienate this entire group. Well, those scout troopers were idiots anyway, so that's how I feel like that. <laughs> I love the. I, I just love the fact. Yeah, and it was just like they were so. That's that's why they're the remnants. They are the dregs. They're the ones that hung back in battle, which is why they survived. Probably because they couldn't yeah. get the ads on properly. Like, oh, wait, wait, hold on a second. I'll get the tune gets wiped out and they're like, time to go. Yeah. 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 <laughs> you know, it's, you know, what's amazing about that story that you just told is that, you know, when you're growing up or even nowadays, I'm sure at one point your wife had said something like, what the hell are you going to use this nerd knowledge for? Yeah. And you just <laughs> proved it. If I ever get on the set of Star Wars, that's where the knowledge comes into play. Validation. Yes, exactly. You're, All you're those like, hours reading this. You're stuff. like, you, you see that pool in the backyard? That's Mandalorian. <laughs> <laughs> Mandalorian. <laughs> that. Oh, that's amazing. That's yeah. so good. I mean, that's, that's a, oh my God. Well, so take me to, take us through uh, after putting on your outfit and sitting down in the X-Wing cockpit. Yeah, man. That's, it's, it's trippy. Like it is a transcendental moment because watching the series as a kid, Star Wars was the first movie I remember seeing with my dad. Mm -hmm. He took my sister to see it in 1977. I was five years old. So that was the first big screen experience I ever had. Um, and during that same costume fitting, and I've told this story, um, but I'll tell again because it's so fucking cool. Uh, so they, we've got the X-Wing. I've got the flak vest on, the chest box, um, leg flares. I'm all done up. And said, so, well, we need to take reference photos. But what we also do need is you need to have a helmet. So we got the complete look so we have a reference. But your helmet's being painted right now. So we've got this other helmet. And they, they open up this. They've got this Rubbermaid bin and they open it up. And there's a helmet in there. And it's not Luke's helmet. It's not Red Five. It's got the telltale. It's got a, a black grid pattern on both sides, black and yellow. And I'm looking at it. And I go, is that Big Starklighter's helmet? And they go, yeah. How did you know? And because I'm a fucking nerd. That's how I know. <laughs> big. Wow. Shield Biggs. And I said, is that real? Like, is that the actual? Like, that's not, is it? They said, "No, this is this is the screen used." Oh Come my on. god! And I was like, "You're kidding me!" He said, "We need you to put it on. It's just, it's just a temporary thing." And I, I pick it up, and it's it's old, right? And it's got the old foam on the inside, and it's got the actor's name on it, Garrick, Garrick, Garrick. Can't remember his name, but his name smells like a sweat. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm like, holy oh, shit! <laughs> yeah, so it's it's his helmet from star wars a new hope and i put it on and i start to cry because it's like i can't believe that i'm wearing on my head this actual artifact that was from my introduction to this world uh, i was not expecting that and it's an overwhelming feeling so being in the cockpit 
of and this cockpit they repurposed from Rogue One. That's the one that they use in the movies. So they they have their in a cockpit mm. in full rebel pilot gear in this gigantic forum with the volume where it's all high def. They've got a star field projected in you cameras, lights. Peyton Reed is, is directing the episode. Dave Filoni is my wingman. Um, you know, uh, I, what can you do? What can you say? It's, it's just like I soaked in every second of it that I could because I just, it's like, that's, you think you've died. And this is as close to heaven as you would you would imagine, right? Like this is every childhood dream. This is everything that you aspire towards. The, these are like your wildest fantasies, kind of geeky fantasies coming true, minus all the naked people. Um, <laughs> like, yeah. Naked and, Twilix. <laughs> yeah. But it's like disbelief. It's a pinch me moment. It is. And then the sense of, of just utter humility. As you're sitting there, like the hum, like you just feel, I'm just, I just felt so humbled and just so grateful to have this opportunity because the movies came out when I was a kid. The prequels came out when I was an actor, but they were all filmed Los Angeles and England might have been two billion, like another light system away because that was, that's the big leagues and I'm in the minors in Canada. And, and now to be part, actually sitting there on a show in Los Angeles, shooting in Los Angeles. For a chubby Korean Canadian actor, um, is just like how do you how do you get there? How do you ex- explain this journey to get there? And I was just like, I didn't want to get out. I was kind of like, I'll See, stay here all day. Uh, that's and- where, uh, a timeout is appropriate. You're like, could I just have a timeout? Yeah. <laughs> how many? Uh, how mad? How mad were the makeup people that they had to keep fixing your makeup because you wouldn't stop crying? <laughs> how many takes? How many takes in the X-wing? And then like Maloney, Maloney was like, "Hey man, you, you got to stop crying. We got to get this. We got to get this take." It was more the snot in my mustache that they were grossed out. He's got snot bubbles coming out. It's like you're ruining the so co- they, you're ruining they, the uh, costume. You got to stop snotting. Those those they like. Moments- uh, CG another actor in there, and it's just exactly. your voice coming. Here I am. And the map is shifting, and a little bit of my. Oh, oh, there's a bit of his mustache coming through. Um, yeah, like that face swap thing. Right? Yeah, face swap. Yeah. They uh, they digitally they digitally remove your uh, your beard like they did for Henry Cavill, and your lip is all fucked up. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I had because I had a couple of questions. Like one, I mean, they couldn't tell. It, like, you need that beard for Kim's convenience, but it was after the fact. So I was wondering, like, did they tell you at any point, like, we need to? Because you're so recognizable. I was yeah. like, are, I was really surprised. They, I was like, that's Appa. <laughs> like Appa, yeah. why they absolutely? So they, there was no stipulation. Like, hey, you got to cut that off. Or nobody asked. Yeah, nobody asked. Anything. It, it was just like okay. And I thought, okay. And they didn't even like, they didn't even trim it. And I thought, okay, I'm going to go to hair and makeup and they're going to go, okay, we'll, we'll clean you up a bit. They're like, no, you're fine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. That's cool. <laughs> but it's funny because the chin cup, if it sits funny, it looks awful because it sticks out and stuff. It and sticks out. Yeah. yeah. yeah just, you look like an ass. Um, and so <laughs> if, if I put it on my third chin, 
Yeah, it not as bad. Yeah. So that actually that worked out better, but that, I'm sure there were a few takes where it just it, it didn't uh, it didn't look as flattering as that. And it's funny because I actually now have a Wikipedia entry. Uh, no. Yeah. That's somebody told me say, hey, you're on Wikipedia. Um, but they say he, I've just uh, the Carson Teva has a gray mustache. There's no mention of the beard. And so is that a, Chris doesn't realize a new, yet. the helmets. That's so that's a new Republic helmet. That's right. And that's the new, the custom paint job that they were putting on. Uh, uh, and that's, that's why we had to wait. It's different from season one. The season one helmets had the new Republic symbols, but not the blue coloring. If I remember not correctly. A blue colored. Yeah. yeah. And Filoni actually, true. because he comes back as, as uh trapper wolf, wolf. and he's my yeah. wingman. And it's funny because, you see, the, the jumpsuit that we have is actually closer to the original trilogy uh, jumpsuits, uh, flight mm-hmm. suit. And in season one, they actually have the closer to the Rogue One flight suits, where it's more of a satiny um, material, and they've got collars sticking out. So it's really interesting, even in this, from season one to season two, they've kind of gone back to old school. The flak vest is from uh, is a Rogue One Flak vest, and you can tell because the the bottom corners are, are are cut up. This is a deep dive into the geekiness. Um, yeah, on, on, Paul, on this show we say nerd. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> the nerdiness, the deep. Yeah. Sorry, we're, we're going to be like that, eh? Okay. Um, <laughs> and you know, there's a neat mishmash too because the flight gloves. I remember, if I recall correctly, they were the they're the cottony ones. Uh, with the ribbing stitched into the gauntlet, and it had a comm pad, um, much like the uh, the Snowspeeder glove. Right. And I know that that was a Rogue One thing as well. Whereas in the original trilogy, they were just the leather gauntlets that they had, the the, flight, the the gloves that they had. So it's a really interesting sort of mishmash of all the uh, the, the different sources that they come from, and a lot of the costumes they're they're passed up, like they're passed down. The lineage of these costumes you can trace. Um, through through all the movies, I held uh, a blaster pistol. I think it's called a DH seventeen from um, that was used in in Return of the Jedi. And so a lot of these, like the prop department, uh, Josh and Yang, they did a fantastic job. I mean, they take some of these weapons and and real world weapons and they modify them to make them look more Star mm-hmm. Wars. And uh, it's it's pretty cool. So the stuff that they get handed down mm-hmm. is really neat too. And so just geeking out with. Uh, nerding out with them uh and and seeing what they've done is is was tremendously fun as well um we got to meet uh doug chang at the last um uh celebration and he does a lot of i guess the production design uh i don't know if he's doing vehicles or did you did you get to meet him at all no while you were on the no he wasn't no i i did not sadly um it uh, there were a number of people that I did get to meet. Uh, uh, her name escapes me, but she worked for Legacy, so she had a hand in building, helping to build uh, the child. Uh, more specifically, oh, nice. the uh, the rope, the costume for the child, which is really neat. And so that's that's a really cool deep dive into the, of nerdiness because she was saying, you know, sideshow collectibles. They, they've got one coming out, and she yeah, I saw that the detail in the uh, in in the one that's being screen used that no one will ever know about, but she knows because she built it. That is a nice little Easter egg for her because she built it and she knows nothing that ever comes out will be a hundred percent screen accurate because it's something that is unseen that only somebody who's fabricated it would know. And that's when you know ah. it's maximum nerd level 
Um, gotcha. You that information. That is so cool. What was it? What uh, was it? Cool. It's something to do with the the stitching and the material underneath. Uh, it was something that you would never ever see, but if she was to verify if it, if, if it got stolen or or something, she'd be able to tell whether yeah. it was fake or not based on that bit of unseen knowledge. Oh, um, that's cool. So, I thought it was really neat. I was really neat. And I do that as much. I mean, again, when I was visiting, when I was visiting, not only when I was visiting, but when I was shooting, I try to talk to as many people as I can. Oh, to yeah. Heck yeah. Stories and, and find out as much, um, I, as I can because it's, it's just time is fleeting and I want to make the most of it as I can while I'm there. <laughs> um, did, you um, pretty much. Oh, go ahead. Well, I was going to ask, I, I know the secrecy behind it, but I mean, you have kids. Yeah. that are watching this stuff and love this stuff too. Did you tell them why you were going to LA or you didn't um, tell your, did you tell your wife? Like, yeah, I, I kind of had to just because it, it's just like, it's not, you know, I, I didn't want to lie to them. <laughs> I'm and not so, having an affair. <laughs> yeah. Well, I didn't have to think, right. It's like, yeah, daddy's going to meet some friends in Los Angeles. <laughs> don't tell daddy, anybody. I'm not, I'm not going to have, I'm not going to have cell phone service. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> no. It's like, and then you hear some some actors like, oh, I didn't tell anybody, and just it's like, oh, okay, that's easier to easier to do if you're not, you know, yeah. part of a, a very tight family and, and such. So, but I, I kind of had to let them know this is why I'm going. Don't tell. And they were great. My my kids were awesome with it. Did you pull your kids aside and be like, if you ruin this for me, I will kill you. I will end you and make another one just like you. That was that was the first thing I said. They're, no. telling their <laughs> friends over, they're telling their friends over Zoom at the yeah, no. school. <laughs> There's TikTok videos. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and that, that kind of helped alleviate a little bit of the uh, you can't tell anybody thing. Because yeah. then it was okay. But Stressful, it, yeah. It's, yeah, it's, it is. It puts a, it's a, it's a big stress on you when, you, when you, you can't say anything. And especially for so long, too. Um, <laughs> Vic was bugging me shit. <laughs> I was bugging the shit out of you instantly. Yeah, man. I was like, instantly, I was just bugging the shit out of you. And I went. And now that I'm hearing all these stories about how stressed you were, I'm thinking like, wow, he was like, you asshole, shut up. Probably. Like, just like, I can't take much more of this shit. When is this guy going to stop saying Star Wars? <laughs> and then you start to worry. It's like, because you have to watch what you're saying. And you know, right. you see, you see interviews with Mark Ruffalo, and he he can't uh, like you see him blur. Yeah, him Tom Holland, yeah, uh, Tom and Holland is worse. Yeah, yeah. Oh, really? Oh, and, yeah. So it, it's just like, and they don't mean to. It's just like shit. It, it just slips out, and they're like, <gasps> yeah. And it's cool for them because they're the leads, right? But if like yeah. nobody, like me, a little nobody, nothing, <laughs> let that slip, and we're like, oh damn! It's like fuck, I'm done. We don't Disney need Carson. He, he died, off, he died off screen. Yeah, exactly. I have to go now. Just, Disney, uh, <laughs> Disney would have sued you so bad that they would have owned Kim, Kim's Convenience. Oh, well. <laughs> <laughs> and the first thing they would have done was probably kill off Appa. Yeah, like, don't be <laughs> rename it Kim's Convenience. <laughs> <laughs> so Look the other that. question I – so the other question I had was, um, was it pretty – like when you got the script and you read your lines, was that pretty, they stuck to that or did you, did you add anything to it or at, at any point in time, did you do it as APA just for the hell of it? <laughs> it you know, what's really cool is, um, 
you know, you flying down to Los Angeles, working. This is my first time ever working on a U.S. set in the United States. Uh, we've oh, had wow. a number of U.S. you know uh, companies, uh, studios come up and shoot here, but you're in Canada and the crew's Canadian, and you might get a certain certain people in key positions who are American, like they'll bring up a DP, the director, obviously, and and stuff. But for the most part, it's when you're in Canada, it's 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 a small world, right? And everybody knows somebody else who's in the industry. Um, and you certainly do recognize a lot of the actors, even if, you know, I don't, I don't watch a show, but they know who you are. So going down yeah, yeah. LA, nobody knew who the fuck I was. <laughs> nobody knows. Nobody they do knows. now. They do I, now. Well, they do now, but even then, even with Kim's and, you know, you kind of go, well, you know, kids, we're on Netflix. It's, you know, it's a, it's a, it's an award winning show and, and we've done really, really well, but it, a lot of it is I'm there. And I remember I caught, um, so the, the volume is controlled and they call it, they call it the brain bar. And there's like, you know, 40, 30, 40 people with, with computers and they're running the whole thing, right? They're making mm. sure that everything's running smoothly. And, um, I was in between takes and I was just sort of like walking around and I thought, oh, I'll go over and chat with these guys. And they had my IMDB page up and I could overhear them. And oh I'm my like, God. Yeah, I get it. I get it. Well, they don't know. It's like, what the hell is this? Who the hell is this guy? Because you, they'll get that. Like, we, we used to get, we used to get A list talent here. This guy plays a guy who guy. owns a convenience store. What the yeah. shit? But it was funny. <laughs> like, I get it. And, and, um, and like, I kind of was like, yeah, I know. And then they kind of turn and they all look really sheepish. I say, it's cool, man. It's like, you didn't say anything nasty about me personally or this or that. If you don't know the show, that's going to be your reaction. And I know I'm not going to take it personally and stuff. Um, but it was, it, it's interesting because yeah, nobody knows you from shit from Shinola and you kind of have to feel like you feel like you have to prove yourself to not be a schmuck. So you're there and you know, oh, you don't want to be, well, who are you? Oh, a friend of the directors, huh? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. You have to show that I got game. I've got craft. I've been doing this for a long time and you don't. So, you know, going back to the original statement of me being in there, you allow yourself that moment to just soak it in, but then it's time to go to work. Right. And yeah, yeah. You know, I, I'm two modes, man. I can have fun and I'm, I'm right there, but when it's work time, it's work time and I'm attentive. I got my lines down. I have choices made all the stuff. I listen to the redirections. I try to make, Whatever the director needs, I try to give give back. Um, it's always open to interpretation. So getting to the lines as well, the lines were I was not making any suggestions or anything like that. Like my job as an actor is to deliver these lines in a believable manner in the way that you want without being a puppet, right? Um, and so they gave me – and you get variations. You get different choices. Mm-hmm. So I got to play it my way. Uh, we, we tweaked it, and then you know I, I'd get a redirect from Peyton – and we'd work together. That's a real collaborative process and something nice. that hopefully comes across later on as authentic and realistic and believable. And um, I think, too, like you, it's constantly just proving yourself, proving yourself. That's been my career. People don't think of me as, as being very much earlier on. It's just like, okay, you know, you get labeled because of the way you look. And they think Asian guy can't act. Asian guy, he can speak properly. Asian guy, you know, and it, it, you you have to jump these hurdles every time. And so being here, being there on, on the, the set of Mandalorian, there's definitely a sense of that, of having wanting to prove yourself, but also to prove that you belong. Like, I've worked hard to get here. I didn't, you know, it's not like, 
I got naked pictures. I got pictures of Filoni naked or this or that. It's like, <laughs> my work. and it's like, yeah. So he knows. I can, for you. I can carry it all for you. That's <laughs> not for anyone else. Yeah. Um, so, you know what? <laughs> right. How, uh, how did, be honest, did you try when you were saying that really awesome line to the Mandalorian where it says, you know, fix your transponder or we'll blow your sh- shit? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would have lost it if you said, okay, see you. Oh, I know. I get it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But not in the op accent, but just like, you know, obviously just yeah. straight face and just said it. It would have been such an amazing homage. I would have yeah. lost my shit. If he's like, I just, I, if I were there, I probably would pause because you know where they're going to cut and then you say it yeah. <laughs> so that they can cut it out. But, no. uh, again, it goes the whole, like, I'm not if, they you, yeah, if they know you, that's awesome. But if they don't know you, you, yeah, like, you don't know. He just do, why did you do that? Okay. Please stop. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it, it, that, again, that was not Star Wars. What is that? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, Filoni would have known it, right? Filoni would have yeah. known it. Yeah. Oh, he would have lost his shit. He'd be like, ah, he and everyone's yeah. like, what? <laughs> if he was directing the episode, for sure I would have done it. But yeah, yeah, you know, it, it's Peyton and Filoni was because he doesn't he doesn't enjoy being in front of the cameras. No, he's he's talked about no. it in the gallery. No. Yeah, he never had anything. anything. <laughs> he just been there. <laughs> I mean, he he was cool. I was there, and he thought it'd be it was fun for the two of us. But like, when I'm doing yeah. my, sh- he, he's off because he's so busy. He's off doing like a billion other things at the same time. And they call him the set when he's got to shoot. So, but he doesn't have a lot of time to just sit in between takes and, and shoot the shit with right. me. Right. Um, and so that, that's cool too. Like I get it. He's got so much to do. Um, and so that, that's the thing. So if he had been directing, yeah, for sure. I would try to slip some in. Uh, the closest <laughs> I got to that were the astromech droids. They had them and they, there were no designations. And I, I said, Hey, why don't we make mine? Uh, okay. See you. Um, and then, oh, yeah. <laughs> the name of the <laughs> exactly, and they're like, No, we can't do That's that. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I just thought, well, I mean, regardless of the, if it's that you know, it's a callback to Kim's convenience, but the way that you delivered the line or the way that the X Wing pilots so far in The Mandalorian are so nonchalant, yeah, about the way that they, you know, like when the first time you saw the X Wing pilots in the first season was Filoni. Uh, Eb Chow and Rick. Yeah, right. And they Rick, they delivered yeah. their lines like it was a nonchalant, like, oh, I, I guess we got to blow this thing up now, yeah. you know? And that's how <laughs> Filoni was. And that's how you delivered your kind of lines, too. Like, hey, how about, you know, because he's saying, you know, how about I forget about the bounty and, you know, you help me rebuild my ship. And you're like, well, right. how about we don't and we you just yeah. fix your transponder? Yeah. And okay, thank <laughs> you. Know, Okay, you would have been such an amazing, nonchalant, great Easter egg for (laughs) Basically, what I'm saying is I'm trying to get over the fact that Andrew, like, ruined the thing for me, and I wanted something for myself. I'm sorry. (laughs) I'm sorry. Yeah, well, there's already so many memes right now floating around. Oh, speaking of memes, let me show you. Did you see ours, or you didn't get a chance to yet? Uh, I don't think so. I told you I was going to mean the shit out of that, right? Yeah. Look, if you really like this show and it tickles your nerd spot, please review the show on iTunes and Facebook. It'll help getting the show sponsors and allow the show to keep putting out daily and weekly content. Now back to our regularly scheduled program.
<laughs> this is the only episode I could think about where you were talking about a car. Yes. <laughs> yep. <laughs> oh, you photoshopped the X-Wing in there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> as dumb as this, so cool. as dumb as this look, I spent like an hour photoshopping the X-Wing in there. <laughs> <laughs> he's leading up against it. He's like, yeah. Every single one of these captions is just a part of the script from that yeah. episode. That's the, the first part is Janet. Because like I originally just had the second and the third one. I'm like, you can't tell that's an X-wing. So right. I needed to use the other one um, for it. So there you go. That's my meme for you. Tying two things that we love together. So I'm just, I'm just really glad that they had you doing something like flying the pilot, you know, as a pilot and not like, you know, cause like I've seen uh, shows like Veronica Mars, for instance, they had Kevin Smith working as a clerk at a convenience yeah. store. And I was like, yeah. that's a little too on the nose. Yeah. And so I'm glad that they didn't do that. Like you're running some convenience store in some great <laughs> world somewhere. You know, <laughs> it's so funny. People have suggested that too. And it's just yeah. sort of like, and especially when you know, cause you know, I shot this. And so I'm sitting there knowing that I'm going to be on the show and I know the type of role it is. And I'm really happy and I'm really proud of the work. I, you know, I haven't seen it, but I'm proud of what I did because nobody threw me out and they didn't recast. But yeah. it, it's like, you know, people saying, because, you know, Simu, he's, he's, he's going to be Shang-Chi. He's, oh, yeah. he's Shang-Chi yeah. and he's got a Marvel movie and he's a superhero and that's awesome. And so everybody's like, okay, well, you know, oh, Simu, he should get you a role on a, on a Star Wars thing. And yeah, wouldn't it be cool? Yeah, if, yeah, yeah. Like if Paul showed up and he was like running a cantina or he's like, he's an, <laughs> like, fuck you guys, man. Fucking think. <laughs> I want to be a Jedi. A fucking store owner. Think of the galaxy. You're at the you cantina know? eating KFC. Yeah, <laughs> 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 uh, yeah. that's, that's a great one. <laughs> that would have been amazing that would have been amazing like, like hey man we need help with the evaporator you're like ah, I, don't, I don't have time for that shit you're like okay <laughs> Janet crate dragon. too busy eating crate dragon <laughs> oh my god that's amazing oh god, that's hilarious. It's, yeah and then, and that's that makes it hard because you don't want to say anything it's like Corner, yeah, it's store owner. Shut up! I'm gonna be a pilot. <laughs> <laughs> saves a Mandalorian. So stick. I'm, like, I'm, a, I'm a fucking but, X-wing pilot. Yeah. Um, so, was did you release your latest YouTube episode for about blasters because you were firing one in this one? I thought that was like oh. really coincidental. Yeah, no, that, that was, was really yeah, yeah. That was a coincidence. Um, <laughs> I, I, we, I have to reshoot because we're shooting Kim's right now, season five. And this all started, my YouTube channel started from the pandemic uh, because I had nothing to do and I had all this shit in my basement that I wanted to sort of, okay, let's unbox all this stuff because, I, you know, and yeah. do reviews and stuff. And so um, I'd had, I have to block shoot a bunch of opening, uh, a bunch of things all at once. Uh, and so you'll notice that a lot of my openings, I have like no beard. And then suddenly for the unboxing, I have my beard back, right? <laughs> it's like, yeah, I shot the openings months ago and then now yeah. it's like, I'm just getting to the content. Uh, and so, yeah, it's just, it's kind of all over the place. Uh, I got the blaster for my birthday back in August. My wife, God love her, ordered it for me and like really knocked it out of the ballpark with that gift. And I kind of thought this would be a fun thing to do because 
I've got a 3D printed one and I've got this all metal one. So let's do a comparison for that. And just nice. with the way things were going with Kim and the lead up to the Mandalorian, we thought the timing would be good to be more Star Wars-y with some of the content that we had. And so that just sort of, it just fell into place. The timing went right. Yeah. And in fact, the, um, the episode my, on my YouTube channel got delayed because there were just a few little quibbles in terms of the edit that I wanted <laughs> fixed up. Yeah. And I just, we didn't have enough time to just do it. So I said, I'd rather release it late than put something out there that's a little bit off. Um, yeah, and yeah. So, yeah, it just, it worked out. And, uh, it's funny cause I had a YouTube video I have, uh, I showed like my printed a 280, uh, blaster rifle that I, that I was using in, in, on the show. Um, and it's funny yeah. because I got that printer because I had such a great time with, this, with that weapon. I just thought it was just so cool looking that I, I wanted to have sort of a copy of it. As, you're, as, um, you're definitely more accurate than stormtroopers. That's for sure. Oh, I mean, you're, you hit, you hit oh everything. <laughs> you but hit everything. <laughs> you did on, I mean, you did that on purpose, right? Because it was like this whole, they want to show the difference between Imperial stormtroopers and rebel, rebel troops. Like, and that's the only way that you could see that they survive because the stormtroopers are such bad shots. Even yeah. If, yeah. Them, if you get, five rebels who can pick everything off, then you kind of go, okay, this <laughs> kind of did better, but it's also to play up how badass these, these new Republic uh, pilots oh, yeah. are. I mean, yeah. In that mm-hmm. season one, they show, they roll in, they're scared. Dude is scared to death, right? That they're coming in and they, they destroyed, they, they kicked the shit out of that station. And that's the idea <laughs> that Favreau wanted with the new Republic pilots, it's like, and I, I kind of make the, the analogy of like, they're like the U S marshals back in the old West. Oh so, yeah. Yeah. And no, they got a lot uh, of like, cover. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, but when they show up, if you're up to no good, you're fucked. And that's what I love about them. <laughs> they come in. So, uh, I'm trying to remember, they let him go because he uh, was trying to save that guy that died by the knife of the, of the yeah. Quillic. Yeah. Okay. So that's the thing. Cause he, you know, they, they find out it's Razor Crest because they knew it was in the vicinity of, of Boston five, which is the correctional transport. Yeah. Runs, the ping, the ping. Yeah. yeah. And so when they find, when they do catch up, they've had a chance to, to review all the security footage and they see what Mando has done in that episode. I think it was episode five or six. Yeah. The uh, six, six. <clears throat> uh, they see that he's, he actually went out of his way to try to protect Lieutenant Davin, and he in fact caught the the three who who were directly involved in yeah. killing, him, right? Yeah. So yep. that's the thing, and I love that it's that gray sort of territory where he says, you know, so am I under arrest? And there's that beautiful moment where you know my character goes, technically you should be, and the, the music yeah. is great up to that moment. He says, but these are trying times, and that's yeah. you know I love it because these are themes that they're laying in for the entire season. And yeah, I, I love that. Podcast where we were talking about how everybody said, you know, there's a lot of grumbling going on, or there's grumbling going on. At, oh, this was a filler episode, or that's a filler episode, or why don't they get to this? And it's this whole idea of there's no such thing as a filler episode in this world. They only have eight oh, episodes, right? <laughs> I, think, I think we said it was, I think I said it was a filler episode, oh, but I was you? actually very. Yeah. But no, no, but, but we were, we were saying, but we weren't saying it was a bad thing. We're saying that it, it slowed the story down, but it, but it, it was still like an amazing episode. Like right. it, it just, it's just one of those things where you need this to get from here to here. Yeah. And so it's, it's it not a bad thing. 
it wasn't right. a filler episode like when you have 22 episodes. Exactly. exactly. Right, right. It was a filler right. episode in the sense like he was still pushing the story forward, but shit went down while trying to yeah. get to that because yeah. the beginning of the episode starts as I need to find Mandalorian yeah, still. Yeah. And he's get sent on this mission and then shit goes haywire. Yeah. So like with what, eight or 10 episodes, you can't have a filler episodes. Yeah. So right, like right. it's a filler in the sense that the entire episode did not have to do with the, with the main the, the child. Right. But it's, it's one of the things where once you see it, when you step back and you see the season as a whole, yeah. everything has a purpose. There will be reasons for everything. you kind of go, okay, that, it, that makes like, sense. Right. Yeah. It's like cooking. It's like, you can slow cook ribs, and if you slow cook them, they fall off. The, the meat is fall off the bone. It is like it's succulent, it's juicy, it's great. But it takes you got to put in the time to get to that payoff, right? Or you can flash cook them, and it, they might be tasty, <laughs> but it, it'll be tough, and it'll be like it's not as digestible. And so that's that's the, what it is in, in my mind. Is it is some of the best things. It's that slow burn. It's that cooking, and you just need to be patient because I get it. People want to know answers. They want to know what's going on here, what's going on there. But it's also about because they they're already they've what third season is being greenlit. They're 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 doing that. They're they're thinking long game, and that's what really makes I think any sort of series fantastic and something that's lasting. When they don't think just season to season, but they think overall arcs. Because when they tie stuff up that happened in season one and say season five, you're just going to be mind blown away by that because it is they are. They are universe building or expanding. I, I think part of the, I think part of the issue, reason why a lot of people are saying filler or, oh, you didn't do this or that is because they have to wait week to week. Yeah. If you're binging, if you're binging all eight episodes, I don't think they would be saying something like that. I think yeah. they'd be like, oh, I've watched one long eight hour movie, you know? Right. Um, but for me, like, I, I, I like the way British and Canadian television is and how they put their shows out there because it's such a concise set of like, it's just this, you get this many episodes to tell your story. Like we always reference the CW shows, the WB, uh, the, the, the Arrowverse shows like Like the flash and all that stuff. Yeah. Because there is an overarching bad guy always, but there's 22 episodes. Yeah. So times like they're saying like, Oh, we can't do this shit. And then they'll go, fuck off and do something where that can completely contradicts that they can't go do something. Yeah. You know, and because they need to fill 22 episodes yeah. where in this case, it's a filler in the sense that a lot of it didn't have to do with getting to find Mandalorians, but what it did really well was a reiterate how badass the X-wing pilots are. Yeah. And two, it really played into the fact of like this, the Mandalorian would do anything for this child. Yeah. I mean, he lets yeah. him murder a species and doesn't even yell at him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right? Disturbing, eh? Oh my god! Yeah. Next, did he eat? I mean, it, oh god! Every time it he was ate those funny. eggs, I was like, "Oh, you little bastard!" <laughs> but it's funny. But if you take a step back, it's really messed up. Yeah, it's really I mean, messed up. If they were fertilized, it'd be worse, I think. But the uh, fact is, they're uh, not fertilized yet. And I think. In nature, like in nature, there's always there's an overabundance. I think with frogs, for example, they they will turtle. Same thing. They will lay way more eggs than actually survive, and that's just to ensure. Yeah, yeah. That. And it wasn't her species; it was her lineage. Yeah, her family might die off, 
You're just justifying it because Baby Yoda is so adorable. (laughs) (laughs) Look at Yoda. Look at the child's. uh, Who who are his influences? He sees the Mandalorian. That's what we were saying on the review. We said on the review, like it's not fucked up to him because all he's seen is death. Yeah. So if he grows up, if he grows up to force choke somebody because his milkshake is made wrong, that's his fault. Well, did you see that, that look he gives Mando when he sends that bounty hunter Jawa up with the with the jetpack? He looks at oh, him like, I love that. Yep, here he goes. And you know, <laughs> when, when he's when he's disintegrating Jawas from, from like a hundred yards away, and they, the baby's going ah, like like just loving these sentient creatures getting vaporized. Yeah, and I go, okay, well, there's he's coming from an ambiguous sort of uh, reminds me. Um, of the professional, you know, yeah. that movie, the professional. So like Mando is like this crazy, cool, you know, assassin bounty hunter guy. And, and this is the child that he's protected, but it's learning all this bad yeah. shit. From and, him. and there's your, there's your tie and there's your six degrees. Cause that's, that's Amadala. Yeah, that's true. And Dolly Speaking of six degrees. Here's the cool thing. We got a good uh, one. Yeah. So for my part, originally it, it was, it was really cool. Um, it was John Favreau who recommend, who thought, Hey, he suggested, Hey, what about Paul? What about your friend? Dave? What about uh, Dave's friend, Paul? Why don't we, why don't we cast him in it? Um, originally they had Kevin Bacon. They wanted Kevin Bacon for the part. You got, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's amazing. Dude, you win. Was that? You win. <laughs> no, here's the thing. Two lovely words in the English language default. Uh, Kevin didn't want to do it. What? Well, no, it's just, and it was really cool because I remember when I, when I, when I visited the, when I was after my wardrobe fitting, they wanted me to come down to set. Um, and they said, Oh, JF wants to talk to you. I'm like, JF, who the fuck is JF? John Favreau. Okay. So we go to set and he's an amazing dude. First of all, uh, really, really down to earth. Exactly how. He projects him to how he's shown in the media. It's like, it's not a facade. John Favreau's John Favreau. Nerd's nerd, great human being. And he was like, I just want to show you around the set and this and that because, you know, I don't want you to go on the next day and be totally overwhelmed with what you're seeing. So he gave me a guided tour oh of everything that, you know, the set, Navarro and all, all the different, the cantina and all the different places that they're shooting. And we're just talking and nerding out. And, and I, I, you know, I turned to him and I go, man, thank you so much for, this is this is like a dream come true for me. Thank you so much for giving me this opportunity. And he says, "Yeah, you know, at the end of the day, it's it's it, that's one of the things that that's all we can really offer as an incentive. If you're a fan, this is because we can't pay you a ton, right? And if you're not a fan, you kind of go, oh, okay." And it was like for for Kevin Bacon, he's friends, but it, it's like he's not huge into Star Wars as much as I am. And yeah, yeah. It, that whole idea of okay, and so. It gives them a thrill to give somebody like me a thrill to sort of do that. Mm-hmm. And they, they, that's, that's bankability as well, because they know I'm going to bring it because this is something that is not just a gig for me. This is way more it than a gig. Your blood. Yeah. yeah. And you yeah. like them know that mm-hmm. we're huge fans and we'll just play drunken cantina boys in the back. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, the out, like with blue milk all over our faces and shit. <laughs> It'll be 24 hours of, of prosthetic. That they, they, they I don't you, care. Yeah, I right? don't care. I don't care. <laughs> I'll eat KFC while the camera's not on me. <laughs> hey, man. 
Don't shit on KFC. <laughs> that, oh, that's it. That's yeah. it. Have you told that story before the KFC story? You have, right? You have told the KFC story. No, I, I not in as much detail as, as I've told you guys. Now this episode <laughs> makes me not want to release it like a month and a half from now. <laughs> <laughs> right? Like I kind of want to go back and just edit the front and be like, "All right, we were going to release this as three hundred, but maybe right. maybe we should just release it right now." Yeah, this is like the shit that you're telling us we is could. like the whole time I'm thinking about it. I'm like, man, people really need to listen to this. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I hope it works out that Kim's Kim's does premiere when this 300th comes out. Yeah, so that we can yeah. I can say, hey, Kim's is coming mm-hmm. out, but listen to this amazing interview we did with with Paul for for uh, for Star Wars Mandalorian. Oh, here's another funny story for for you. Mm-hmm. So. So we're, you know, me and BJ are, are BSing before you showed up uh, in the virtual green room, and um, and he's like, I can't believe them. I can't believe they gave gave him such a a, a white name as Carson. <laughs> and I turned to BJ. I'm like, dude, his fucking name is Paul. <laughs> <laughs> like he had completely forgot your name was Paul. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, Paul is more white than Carson. What are you talking about? <laughs> no, what I, meant, what I had to say was they didn't give him any kind of like Star Wars. I mean, I guess his last name would be more Star Wars than the first name, but um, it did. I was like, Carson? I didn't know that. Was a, I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, but I, I didn't like a, like a Star Wars name. There, there was a. There was a uh... <sighs> There was a discussion on set where Filoni was like, I don't know about that name, Carson, Carson. Like, do you, do you, what do you think, Paul? Do you, do you want to be like, what, what name would you want? I'm like, don't ask me, man. I have no idea. It's just, what if it sucks? Like, if I come up with something stupid, um, yeah, and so we're around with the idea of not calling him Carson and calling him something else. And there was a whole, well, he's a captain. So I want to just call him Cappy or Cap. Uh, and then, uh, Peyton was like, no, 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 that's too, that's too Marvel Universe. That's too Captain America. Right. And I, I, I was looking like, well, it is the mil, they are in the military and Cappy is not just Captain America. I think that's a very white centric way of looking at it, but I didn't think, didn't say, <laughs> but that's then there's the Eagle. What's that? Uh, Iron Eagle. Iron Eagle. Well, exactly. So I thought, Cappy. okay, well, that's, I'm not gonna, <laughs> I'm not gonna speak up about this because, I don't know if it's my place to. Um, and then they thought, well, you know, rogue, uh, rogue squadron. He could be the cap. He could be rogue leader, uh, because they, they've, they've got to move on, right? Like the, the military abhors, abhors a vacuum. So, or maybe he's, he's red leader or this or that. And they all bandied about it. It was like a good 30 minute conversation. And then it was just sort of like, well, we'll just call him Carson from now on for, for now. And if we want to change it, we can change it. And then they just left it, <laughs> but it was cool. Uh, Filoni texts me a few months ago and he says, how about this for last name? Carson Teva or Teva. I still don't know how to pronounce it. And I was like, yeah, that's awesome, man. Like, sure. I, I'm so happy you could, thank you for asking me. Um, yeah, yeah. and he's like, yeah, absolutely. We want to make sure we get it right for your action figure. Right. And it, no, he's just joking. Right. Oh, okay. okay. It's one of those things where you kind of go, oh, okay. Um, it, it, it's, it, it's that whole, uh, everything that Dave says, it's funny because when we text, cause he'll text me a lot, which is awesome. I think I love that. But my, one of my rules with Dave is I never talk about Star Wars. Like if he texts me, we, we talk about anything but Star Wars. So he's a big hockey fan. 
and we'll talk hockey, which is great. Uh, we'll talk uh, Godzilla. We'll talk nerdy other nerdy things. Uh, he loves the Go Train, so I'll send him pictures of Go Trains if I if I see them and stuff like that. And so that's that's what I like about my relationship with Dave. It, yes, it is. He's the the Star Wars guru, and he 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 sort of pushes me as the guy that knows just about as much as he does. Like he told that to John when we were on set. It's like if you have any questions about Star Wars, he's the guy. Wow. Like, I'm not around. I'm like fuck it. Don't say that, Dave. <laughs> oh, that's an incredible amount of pressure that I don't think I'm ready to handle. Um. But it was it, it. It's really nice for him to think of me that way. But it, it's that whole. I make this rule with that if I want to make people as comfortable as possible. Yeah, it would have been really funny if you uh, <laughs> after after Filoni tells you about that you're the Star Wars guy, other than him, that you show up on set just like Appa did after he got the sunglasses and pulled his collar up. <laughs> yeah, you put on a cowboy hat. Ah, what you doing? Huh? <laughs> oh my god, that would have been awesome if you showed up as a, in a cowboy hat just like Filoni. You need Paddy job. Oh man, what a, what a trip, man. That's just that's a just I mean this is yeah. this is I mean you would probably be doing the same thing like if you knew somebody uh that was in Star Wars, you'd be geeking out or nerding out. You got me doing it now. <laughs> nerding out just like we are like like you would live vicariously through that person yeah. of like, what's it yeah. like? What, you yeah. know, what's this like? What's it? Because I mean, not like, let's not beat around the bush here. You're in star Wars and you got directed by a Marvel director. Yeah, man. <laughs> what the hell? I know. <laughs> and it was so long ago too. Right. So it's yeah, not yeah. happened last week. Um, that was a while. It was a while ago. So, you forget and then life gets in the way and this pandemic happened and we're in lockdown and all these other things. And it feels like it was 10 years ago. And then all of a sudden it dropped yesterday and it's like, Oh, right. And then all of a sudden everything blows up. My phone is like, I'm getting nonstop notifications from all the social platforms. My numbers have jumped across the board for all this stuff. It's really cool. Bobby Moynihan started following me on Twitter. Uh, I love him. Yeah. Jonas, uh, the guy who plays Chewbacca, I can't remember. I can't pronounce his last name. He starts following. He started following me on Twitter. I'm like, fuck, that is so cool. Yeah. He's got like, and I, that's a thing. I'm a fan too. I, yeah. I, I, I'm just as jazzed about all this stuff as, as anybody else. So, and I think that's why everybody's so happy for me is because it's sort of like, he's like us. He's, he's yeah. a nerd. And he got to live this dream and we're happy because he's not an asshole. You know, <laughs> he's a nice guy too. And for that, I mean, I'm I'm tremendously grateful. No, it's it's so awesome. I mean, you you've you've been generous with us with your time before. You're definitely generous with our with with your time right now. And and the, what I liked about it is that not only do like I truly truly love Kim's Convenience. Like I'm not just blowing smoke up your ass. I really do love that show. And to be able to joke around with you about being in Star Wars and then having to know that you were in it already. And I'm just ribbing you this whole time for it, just joking around. Like, when's your call sheet? You know, did you get did you call the set yet? And the whole time you're just like, yep, I did it three months ago. You have no clue. Just wait. And it was, it's just amazing. Like, and then the stories, the, 
oh my God, I'm never going to forget the KFC story. <laughs> I'm never going to forget that you almost got fired because of in and out You know? <laughs> like that's, I'm never going to let you forget about the KFC story. <laughs> that's so amazing. Like, it's just, I don't know, it's, it's that kind of stuff where you're like us. You love this stuff, but you love the stories behind the story. Right. No, so yeah, like you're yeah. probably like us when you when you get a Blu-ray or you get something, you want to know how it's made. Right. Yeah. And you I love the freaking stories behind those. And to know that you got the call of a lifetime and you were eating fast food <laughs> is just fucking amazing. It's just amazing. In like a good way. I'm not making fun of you because it's bad. I'm sick. I'm oh, saying bad. it because it's awesome. It's like when uh, I I heard a bunch of stories. I forget what the exact who it was, but somebody had called like the president, the president of the United States. I think it was Obama at the time called somebody and they were like either on the shitter or they were changing a diaper and they didn't want to answer it. And it was Obama. Like it was something like that. Like that's the kind of thing like for us, like getting a call from John Favreau is like getting a call from the president of the United States is what I'm saying. Yeah. If you're a star with, if you're a nerd, that's what it's like. You know, I mean, the, the, the other best thing would have been if you were like, I don't know, you had white castle and you're shitting your brains out and you get a call from George Lucas, yeah. you know, I gotta go. George. I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. You're just oh muting. Like crazy. Same time. Yeah. Cry shitting. <laughs> uh, it's so great. That's so great, Paul. <laughs> so fucking, I'm so happy and so thrilled yeah. that you're in this world because, again, when you're in the nerd community, yeah, you know, it's like if one succeeds, like all of us succeed. Like, like having the 501st troopers, the actual 501st like cosplay guys in the first season of The Mandalorian is fucking so uh, cool. ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. You know, that's just amazing that these guys, but they got to actually wear their cosplay. You didn't get to do that. Yeah. But that, you know, but still it's just, I mean, look at your background. I mean, look at all the shit you have back there. Like the next thing for you is to get into Ghostbusters. Yeah. <laughs> but yes, I'll say yes. Jason, right. Yeah. right there. <laughs> but like, but, oh, uh, you saw the, uh, the Lego, Ecto-1. Yeah. Oh my god, that looks oh my god. big one it's too, thick. right? It's not like the little one with the minifig size. It's like I have the small one. I have the small yeah, one. Yeah, I got this. Yeah. Oh, you got the Razor Crest. Yeah. Nice. Let's just put it that way. Uh, there's no there's no Oppa figure or there's no Carson figure <laughs> in here. So I'm gonna have to try and make one. My cousin actually one. did that. Oh, he did? You can get uh little uh minifigs and you can customize them to to make them any other characters. She 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 got oh, me. Yeah. Which is oh, really nice. Cool. I'm going to try to find one that I can put uh, flip-flops on. will <laughs> <laughs> be painted. You can paint them on, mate. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to paint flip-flops on them. <laughs> oh, awesome. I, I, meant to tell, I meant to tell you, too, I love the, uh, I love the new uh, intro. Or not new, but I love the intro for your, your YouTube channel. Oh, thanks, It's man. really cool. Yeah. Um, and I saw that you got a microphone, too. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a few upgrades. Um I, I partnered with Pigeon Row. They, now that it's a, it's a social media, um, like a publicity company. They do the stuff, all the socials for Kim's. And I've been working, they've been working with Kim's for four, five years now. And they've always been amazing. And, uh, when I started off, you, you see from my YouTube channel, I was doing it all by myself. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's very apparent. And, um, so Matt Charlton, who's the head of Pigeon Row, uh, the founder, he reached out and said, Hey man, I love, 
I love what you're doing. I want, I, you know, I want to, I, I want to invest in you and I, I'd love to partner with you to, to help edit your videos for your YouTube channel, help you grow it. And I was like, yeah, man, that's, I, I'm so flattered that anybody would think enough to, to want to invest in me. And I thought, yeah, because the YouTube channel is something that's completely separate from Kim's convenience. I need something that, that, that's just more about me and who I am. Uh, and as much as I love Kim's convenience and Appa, like that's property of somebody else. Uh, it's not mine. It's, it's somebody else's. And so I don't want right. to be tied to the hip with that. And it's good for me as well to just sort of branch out and let people know, Hey, I'm a nerd. I'm a geek. I've got all these other things. I'm not just who I play on TV. Um, so that, that's how it came out. And so like that's all the geniuses at, at Pigeon Row. They got a bona fide editor and graphic artists and everybody's it's awesome. been fantastic working with them in terms of just bumping up. The, look at the channel. The thing that I like about watching your videos is that it's not just a celebrity that's like just pushing shit. Like right. if you listen the first five minutes, you know exactly what you know. You could watch yeah. it not knowing who you are and just be like, "Oh, this guy knows what he's talking about." <laughs> I mean, you yeah, go into totally. so much detail just in the last episode alone about you know how to build this, like all the parts, all the history behind it. You know, all the little nuances that any major nerd would not only know, but also appreciate if they didn't know. Oh, like, man. that's what's that's what's good about it is that it's straight up a nerd channel. Thanks, man. Thank yeah. you, channel for you. Yes. Yeah, we love it. Thank you so much. That's exactly <laughs> that's what it is. It's just sort of it's like I got a basement full of this stuff and I, I love it. And I'm, I'm, I've got this little shtick thing now where it's like uh, I, I'm known as a as an opener. Right. People who open their collectibles mm. and people who collect things, it, it drives them crazy when they see things get opened up. It's like, you ruined the resale. And so every time I open something, I yell that out. And it's this whole thing. <laughs> no, no, yeah. I've ruined the resale value. Guess I'm going to have to keep it. Well, I, well, what's different? It's like my kids watch a lot of YouTube kids channels and they do a lot of unboxing, right? Yeah. The, oh, yeah. Thing, that, the thing that separates you from those normal unboxing uh, shows is that Cause like even the ones for like who do like PlayStation five, I've been watching a lot of those. I've been watching a lot of like Xbox, you know, series X ones. Right. They don't talk about, they talk about what like gamers want to know, but they don't go into like too much detail. Detail. Yeah. History or behind, like that's what you do. And I knew that right away from the first time we, we, we talked on the first interview when you were talking about the proton pack and you fucking mentioned the video game. Like you were like, <laughs> Well, this is this this exhausting is really from the video game. I'm like, oh my god, yeah, I, I know that too because I played the video game. You know, and that's something like I would say, I'm like, oh shit, that's from the video game. But you right. mentioned it like like it was like it like I would. You right. know, so I was like, okay, this guy knows exactly. And then when you opened the Vader one, you were right. talking about the history behind that stuff, and like that's what's good about your channel. Like every time they ask me to review, like you know, review what I watched on on YouTube for your video, I always. I hit all the stars, but I also hit informative or whatever it's called. Okay. The check boxes because it is informative. Like you say shit that I don't even know. Oh, that's so cool, man. Yeah. That's so, the thing that blows me away is watching it and going like, I did not know that. Like, I think I know a lot, but a lot of times I'm just like, Oh shit, that's so cool. What's deep cuts. You know, I love that kind of stuff. It's just oh, fun. Thanks BJ. Thank you. Yeah. Um, I, I think we've taken an hour and a half of your time. I apologize. Um, oh, he's hungry. KFC's calling. Yeah, man. <laughs> you know, it is such a pleasure, like just nerding out with you guys. Uh, and that's a thing. Uh, it's, um, 
I love the energy you guys bring into it. I love the passion. We talk about all like, I always have so much fun. You guys, it's an, it's an easy podcast to do because it doesn't feel like, <laughs> like, it, like an hour and a half went by. I didn't feel it felt, felt like 10 minutes. Yeah, and, but, uh, uh I, I can't wait till that. one day this is all done so I can fly out and, uh, and meet you guys in person and oh, buy you guys so like dinner oh, to yeah. me. And we can all, all sit <laughs> around and thank all John Favreau. Say, hey, guess what we're eating? Um, well, once, um, once this pandemic's over and, and I'm sure you're going to be asked to go to cons and stuff like that. If you come out here, we'll come find you. That, you know what? I, I would love, I miss the cons so hard. Yeah. yeah that's one thing I really miss. And Filoni actually texted me after the episode aired and he said, now you can get a bo- your own booth at celebration. Yep. Yep. <laughs> if you get a, if you get ascension, you're, you're going to have to give me your address because we want to send some stuff to you. But, yeah. it, but whenever your, whenever your black series figure comes out, <laughs> oh. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm so there to get it. And I'm going to send it to you so you oh. can sign it for me. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I will sign anything and everything. Um, but I'm sure there will be plenty of those. If, if they ever do, I'll be the pe- the ultimate peg warmer. I'll be the one where it's like, no, I don't think so. For like a dollar ninety nine. I don't think so in this so. case because you got a lot of fans from different genres now. I don't think that would be the case. I'm on a lot of forums, Black Series forums, and I can tell you right now, I bet you anything there's somebody designing your figure, right? like like actually customizing one. I, I've seen right it actually already. Somebody's posted it on, on, on Facebook. Yeah, uh, yeah. They, they did the Marshall already, and they did the, the Frog Lady. I saw a Frog Lady one. It looks amazing. After one day, yeah. these people 3D print stuff, and boom, you know? Yeah, cool. So I'm sure your figure's out there. <laughs> well, I mean, like I said, from like... Uh, you know, when I when I first got in contact with you, I was like, "Holy shit!" First, I can't believe he responded. Second of all, I found out that you were a big nerd, and I was like, "Oh my god, that makes it so much cooler." Because, like, I mean, I love the show, Kim's, but like, but we know, love you even more. We love you even yeah, more. Like, the, oh, the, the fact more. that we can nerd out. Like, don't get me wrong; I could talk to you about Kim's all day too, but we're talking Star Wars. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know. Like Kim's is awesome. It's a great sitcom and I'm really nervous about what's coming up because of the season finale. Mm-hmm. I'm really scared, like really scared. Uh, I know you can't spoil anything, but personally I'm scared. Yeah. Um, because like, it's like, a, like I, I just started watching it again because uh, after I, after I saw, after I saw the Mandalorian episode two, I was like, oh, fuck now I gotta, I gotta, I gotta watch Kim's convenience again because I went back and tried to, I, I, I was trying to find like, what am I going to do? Because I know I want to mean this, but you know, I can't, I can't just do anything, which is why, you know, I spent an entire hour Photoshopping <laughs> and X-wing into this. And I thought it would be really funny for him to say, what are those 21, 21 inch rims on an X-wing? Right. You know, like, so, so I went back and just started watching again and, was and you like, got stuck I, watching it more. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I, it's, it's like a, it's like a, Bag of potato chips. I can't just have one episode. And so. I, I, I do my best impression of Jabba the Hutt on the bottom there. Look at Up of the Hut. Up of the Hut. Oh my God. Oh my God. I love it. I love it. And you know what it is? It's like, I know we've only talked like kind of in person like twice and we've talked on Instagram. Yeah. But again, really from the bottom of my heart, the fact that you're Asian. You're in a show that I love. 
and you're in fucking Star Wars and you're a big nerd. It, it, it just makes me happy that good people like get to do these things because when we started this show, we never thought we'd get to talk to anybody because we're nobodies, right? And then we started meeting people and like networking and stuff like that. And there are some people that we know that are not that those horror stories that you get from Hollywood, right. you know, mm-hmm. or, or from the entertainment industry and all of those people that I've seen succeed or get to do bigger things. And when we talk to them, it's, they're awesome. Like it, it, it makes me happy to see very this kind of humble. Happen. That's yeah. Humble, just really sweet people. Um, I think it's because of us. I think every time we interview somebody, something good happens to them. So maybe yeah, that's true. That is true. <laughs> so if you now, get into, so now if you get into you. Ghostbusters, if you get into <laughs> Ghostbusters not because of us, I want I, I want to I want to say if we want to visit the set. If you are the new spokesperson for KFC, you can thank. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! You already have the beard, so you can be the next guy. You know, the, the Colonel, real Colonel Sanders, he, he looks Asian. Yeah, he looks. You know how they keep they keep finding a new Colonel Sanders. <laughs> right? yeah. every, every every year, there's a new Colonel Sanders. Colonel. That's right. That's right. Oh my God, that's it's that would your be turn. Amazing. I'd be dead. You know, it'd be so awesome if you did a KFC commercial as Colonel Sanders and then you got into an X-wing. <laughs> <laughs> Like you're in, you're in, you're in the cockpit, and you're like, you can't find the freaking cup holder. You don't know where to put the biscuits down. You crash because your fingers are too oh. slippery. You're like, look, look at this one right here. Stay like, on target. Stay on target. You're, you're, stay on target, right? Like you're trying to pour the gravy into the mashed potatoes. I gotta get there before the close. Yeah, you're like you're like R R three. Can you can you take over? I'm gonna eat these biscuits now. Oh, <laughs> right, like, you, like right back there, you could put some right back there. I see. I think you could probably hang something to hold the French fries, the wedge potatoes. <laughs> <laughs> or you oh swap God. out you swap out that that mouthpiece that you know the microphone that you have there for like a straw. Straw. <laughs> <laughs> Connected to the gravy. Just fucking gravy. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because they do that for real. So it's oh, amazing. It's so amazing. Oh I gotta get going. Uh, sorry, I gotta get going. No, no, that's great. No, 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 no. Uh, hey, if you ever, if you decide to not to to air this early, that's awesome. Have me back because I want to be the guest on the three hundredth episode that you guys do. So we're gonna try to keep yeah. this at three hundred, but okay. if, if it doesn't not- work out for whatever reason, and you you got another three hundred coming up. 300 part B or whatever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, we, we want to have you back when, when Kim's is over. Right. Uh, okay. Season five is over. Yeah, yeah. Um, I know yeah, you'll be busy yeah. like throughout, but like I, I definitely want to have you back on because I know I'm going to be watching the shit out of that. Cool. And hopefully I'm not sad. Hopefully we're, praying. We'll be our math praying. Will be- yeah, now I'm, we're going to cry. Don't worry. Everything's going to be okay. He's a sitcom. Not the drama, not the, you know. Just no, you don't understand when when she when she spoke Korean at the end of the last season. Yeah, I was like, oh my god, no, don't do it. You're yeah. killing me because yeah. I, I love all the characters on that show. Yeah, yeah, um, and I cannot wait to see what happens with Jared and Janet. Uh-huh. Yeah. I cannot yeah. wait to see yeah. that. Right. Um, well, thank you so much, Paul. Again, I, I know you got to go. Thank, thank you for all your all your time. 
all your past time. And, and thank you for putting up with me on Instagram this whole time. <laughs> why you had to keep your mouth shut. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's, I mean, thank thinking about it now, I was, I, I, you know, I was definitely joking. I yeah. was so joking. But knowing that you had to keep that a secret now makes it even funnier. <laughs> yeah. I had to go through and read the manga. Holy shit. Yeah. yeah. At this point, I yeah. remember there was blood coming out of my fingers because I was gripping the thing so tight. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up, will you? <laughs> At one point, you're like, does he know something that I don't know? I was honestly, you you were so persistent. I thought, fuck, does he know something? Like, does he oh, know no something? way, really? Yeah. I, at some point, I was just kind of like, who does he know who might know? <laughs> and, that, and he's testing me. Like, I swear to God. Like, he, like I'm secretly working for Disney. <laughs> I don't know. It's just like jumping at shadows, right? Like a, like a secret oh. shopper, but like I'm that secret guy who's exactly. calling like Tom Holland and shit and calling Mark Ruffalo to see if they spoiled anything. Aha! Yeah. Now you're fired. You're, you're cut out. We're going to CG you out. Yeah, exactly. And then we swap you in. Yeah. That would have been terrible. <laughs> but it's still your voice. Exactly. <laughs> it's still your performance. Oh god. All right. Thank you, Paul. Paul. Okay. All right. That was episode three hundred of United Podcast. I'm BJ. Vic and Paul. Okay, see you. There we go. <laughs> Till next time, folks. Chew on that. Later. <laughs>